This talk was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church, as part of the 2022 Summer Training Project. For more information on Summer Training Project or Campus Outreach Minneapolis, visit cominneapolis.org. Good morning so far, uh, after a long night of work, and uh, welcome to Evangelism Training, uh, where we will be... Um, Meeting together each Saturday morning uh, to learn about how to live lives of real relationships full of gospel persuasion, uh, which I'll describe a little bit more here in detail. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Chase Walker. Uh, I'm on staff with Campus Outreach St. Louis. Um, this is my, I just finished my sixth year on staff, and, uh, and my family is here. I've got the uh, little girl named Charlie, the three and a half year old, and uh, the little the, I think the littlest baby here on Project, uh, Owen, and uh, the the marshmallow. Um, if you ever seen him, um, he's 99th percentile in height and 97th on weight, and he is a monster. And uh, but yeah, um, we will be uh, talking about evangelism training. And so, if you don't know uh, what evangelism means, evangelism is just a fancy word for sharing your faith. Um, and uh, um, not um, and uh, just to uh, start off, I wanted to tell you a little bit about my story um, of evangelism and growing into that. And uh, I think it's going to be pretty similar for a lot of people. So when I became a Christian my freshman year of college, I think the way a lot of people are, um, there was a there was a love for Christ that was sparked in my heart and a love for His gospel. And it's like this is incredible news. Like this stuff is wild. That God would die for us. That Christ would would come in 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 the midst of my sin. He would die for me, and uh, and that He would reorient my life on a new trajectory of following Him and living for Him. And I was like, "This is so great! Somebody should go tell other people about this, right?" Like, I, I think that's where we all start. It's like, man, this is wild news. I really think the guy who led me to Christ, Brett, like, I should go tell more people. Like, I should go tell my friends about this. This is awesome. And what that grew into as I grew more in the faith was, uh, man, I don't think Brett should just tell other people about this. Um, I would be willing, under the right circumstances, to maybe share my faith as well, right? Like, if the stars aligned, and if somebody came up to me and was like, Chase, I want to become a Christian, how do I do that? Then, yeah, like, I'd step up to the back. Right, and uh, and and I could I'd maybe fumble through it at the response. I'd still be terrified because I wouldn't know what to say. But uh, but under the right circumstances, you know, like the the First Peter passage, you know, be prepared to give a defense. That's what my idea of evangelism was. So if somebody asked me a direct question that I can't skirt around, yeah, I'll, I'll share. Um, and that group that I want to be a part of God's mission. I, I want to be a part of what God is doing in the world on the campus through my life and through every Christian's life. I want to go take the gospel to harassed and helpless people. Is this coming through? I feel like it's coming in and out. All right. Um, I want to be a part of that. Uh, what grew for me in college is I, I want to I want to be on the front lines of taking that gospel to these kinds of people. And uh, and then from there, it's just continuing to grow in my understanding of the gospel, continuing to grow in my understanding of God's mission. And to take that gospel to harass and helpless people. And so when we talk about evangelism, I'm, I'm going to phase in and out of saying evangelism, of saying sharing your faith, of saying mission, of referring to the life of a laborer. 
And I want to be clear on the front end of this, that, that our calling as Christians to be a part of God's mission goes beyond just evangelism, right? Uh, I think we've talked about it already this summer, is that our part in God's story is to be a part of the cosmic restoration of everything that is. That God created all things good, and he's going to restore his good creation. But one really interesting thing is he's going to do that through people. He's going to do that through Christians and a kingdom of people, um, a holy nation, uh, a kingdom of priests, us uh, as Christians. And that part of our calling in that mission and part of our role as a laborer is, is evangelism, is to share our faith, is to be witnesses in, in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the ends of the earth, Samaria and there as well. Um, and uh, so, you know, as you hear my story, I'm sure that you find yourself somewhere in that story as well, right? Um, with a desire to grow into this grand part of God's calling for us. To share in the joys of being a laborer in God's harvest. Uh, because that's each of our stories, right? Um, each of us finds ourselves in that place being called by God to be a part of taking the gospel to an unreached world. Taking the gospel to a vast and hopeless people. Now, as I, as I look out in the room, like, I, I want, I want to be clear. Not, how many, raise your hand. Well, this is interesting. Raise your hand if you think you have, like, You've been spiritually gifted as an evangelist. Not even the staff. None of the staff think they're gifted as evangelists either. Okay. Raise your hand if you if you if you feel like you're spiritually gifted as a teacher. To be to be communicate the things of God. Yeah? Okay. Here's something I wanna I wanna share with you. Um, there's like the spiritual gifts of teaching. But let's be clear, all of us as Christians are called to communicate the gospel to each other. We are all called to encourage one another, to call each other to faith, to to stir each other up to love and good works, to exhort one another in the faith. That is something we are all called to do, whether we find ourselves on a pulpit someday, teaching the word of God to other people. Similarly, all of us are called to be evangelists. In whatever way, shape, and form we find ourselves, we are all called to give witness to what God has done and what God is doing and wants to do in other people's lives. We are all called to do this. But the question is, how do we do that? Right? It's a difficult thing. Uh, uh, and to do anything difficult, I think we need training. We need training like this one. Um, I, I don't think I have to communicate. I don't think I have to convince you that like living the life of a labor, I think, is a hard thing. Um, but to grow in difficult things, uh, we need a few things. One, we need a reason to go do it, right? If something's hard but it is not worth doing, don't go do it. Uh, but if it's difficult and it's worth doing, then we should figure it out. The second thing we need is we need time, right? We need time to grow up into that difficult thing. And then the third thing is, if possible, we need training, right? So I'm thinking about this like basketball for me. Uh, I played football my whole life. I do not have a finesse, soft touch bone in my whole body. So whenever I play football, it's like just crashing through people. And if I get a rebound, it's like I throw it as hard as I can off the backboard because I can't figure out the, the go from hard to soft thing that basketball requires. But it's been a huge way to meet people on our campus. So I have this incentive. I have this reason to play basketball, but I suck. And so what I need is I need time. So over the past year, played a lot of basketball, more than I've ever wanted to play in my whole life. Um, Jake's over here nodding his head. He knows. And uh, and I've gotten better. 
I've gotten a little bit better. I kind of understand a little bit more that I should just pick and roll, and that's all I should do. You don't know basketball, sorry. Um, uh, but but if I had training, that would change everything. Right now, I'm just fumbling in the dark with time, and I am getting better. But if I had training, that would change everything. There's this program called Pure Sweat that some of the old CO staff have been a part of. It's a bigger thing in Indiana. And uh, the head of Pure Sweat has apparently watched every basketball move in the NBA for the past, like, 10 years. He has, like, analyzed the sport all the way down to, like, every single move. And he has helped coach some huge names of people, like, who are some of them? Kevin Durant. He's, if you don't know him, then that's fine. This whole, everything is amazing. Um, but, uh, 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 Kevin Durant, but he works with high school students too. Can you imagine getting that kind of training? Like, your game develops so much when you have that kind of training. This is what evangelism training is meant to do. I full-heartedly believe that if you have a heart for God and you have a heart for people, you're just going to go figure it out and you'll get better over time. But what we want to do with this training is, is help you grow, to give you some of the training so that you can develop both in your confidence and in your competence to be able to go share your faith. All right? Um, and, and so here's what we want to do. Like, like you're not going to leave evangelism training on the NBA level, right? Like, you're not going to leave this time as Kevin Durant's of sharing your faith, okay? Um, but my prayer is these trainings, and particularly this morning, is that God would do something more than just teach you some things to say when you're sharing your faith, okay? I want to do more than just uh, here's some good, like, phrases to throw out at people. What I hope is that God would uh, catch you in a vision of a lifetime of real relationships full of gospel persuasion. That's what I want. Real relationships full of gospel persuasion. Like, so many of our relationships currently are, are just, they're, they're surface-level stuff. They're surface-level stuff. We know people, but man. To be able to connect, like, to be able to connect mentally, emotionally with people, like, that is something that requires a lot more. Those are real relationships. I want those, and I want those for you. What I want for us is to have real relationships like that, um, that go beyond just kind of surface-level connection, bumping into each other, with non-Christians all around us. And that those would be relationships that are full of gospel persuasion. Like, that our lives and our words would be persuasive to people. Does that make sense? It would be attractive and persuasive to others. Uh, that's what we mean. That's what our hope is um, with evangelism training. Uh, a lifetime of real relationships full of gospel persuasion. So to start off our time together um, in this evangelism training, I want to describe some reason why why you should want this. Why should you want the life? Right, because I don't just want to assume that each one of us, because we're here on project, is necessarily like all gung ho about just like sharing our faith with different people, right? Um, and instead, I, I want to kind of cast some vision for that for you um, this morning. And, and to do that, I want to highlight a few people: Luke and Mo- Morgan. Most simple. This is Luke and Morgan, and uh, Luke and Morgan are graduates from uh, our SIUE campus back in 2018. The people who've kind of been discipled through CO and are now just people out there living life as normal people, right? Like 
They're not uh, college students, and they're not staff on the college campus. They're just people living their lives. But these are two people who are a wonderful example of a lifetime of real relationships full of gospel persuasion. Um, really great people. Uh, on Monday, I got them on the phone, and I just interviewed them and just asked them a bunch of questions of what does it look like to live the kind of life that we're hoping evangelism training helps us grow into, right? It's like, these are people I'm going to hold out as not complete, but people who are, who are down the path of like, this is what our lives can look like. This is what your life could look like in a few years. Um, because they're doing it, right? They're, they're living it out. And, uh, and I think their story shows us some wonderful things about what it looks like um, to be a laborer. So the first thing that I want you to see, so I, I'm going to kind of communicate some things. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of connect it back to their life. The first thing about living a life, why should you want? Why should you want to live the life of a laborer? It's because it's a dynamic life full of joy. Right? When we're talking about sharing our faith, man, I think each of us should want that life for ourselves. Because it, is, it really is a dynamic life full of joy. Psalm 1611 says this, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When God calls us to live this life of being a laborer, when he calls us out of our comfort zone to, to face outward and pursue people with the gospel, to live these real relationships full of gospel persuasion, I want you to know it is, it is a path of like, what God calls us to, he calls us to things that will give us joy. What we just read in First Peter is, is about the idea of believing in Jesus and rejoicing in him with a joy that is inexpressible and full of glory. And I think we get to feel that in the life of evangelism. John 10, 10 B says this as well, the second half of the verse. Uh, this is Jesus talking. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And Jesus calls you out of yourself to go live a life of evangelism, he is calling you to live an abundant life. That's what he's calling you to. And, and I think Luke and Morgan's stories show us this. Um, so uh, I was asking them just, like, what has evangelism, what has laboring looked like for you? Uh, and, and tell me some stories about what it's looked like. So Luke uh, was just talking in the, in, I've got some, some notes here from them. Um, so he's like, man, I want to live this way. Our, he's, they're in a church that is really missional. He's really thinking about man, how do we connect with people in our neighborhoods. And uh, it looks like, now I'm just thinking through any close contacts I have. Like, who are the people around me who I can share with? And he, and he thought of two neighbors of this. So he'd been living in this house for a couple months, and these neighbors came to mind and said, man, I really would love to share with them. But in the two months that he's lived there, he's never seen them. Once, right? Like, because that's the way a lot of like neighborhoods are. It's like, you don't actually know your neighbors. And so he starts praying, right? God, give me a chance to have a conversation with my neighbors. Just, you know, open up a door for me because I don't even know how I'm going to see them. Two days later, after that prayer, he's, he drives home, he shows up home after work, and his neighbor's sitting on his porch with a case of beer, sitting on Luke's porch with a case of beer, just wanting to get to know him. Like, that's crazy. So Luke sat on the on the porch, drinking beer with his neighbor and getting to know him. Like, 
Like, but it happened because he was intentionally praying to the Lord, give me opportunities to build these kinds of relationships. Another example um, is uh, him and Morgan were um, remodeling their house. And a guy was there laying uh, tile for their, for their kitchen in the bathroom. Um, and, uh, and he apparently was Luke's uh, brother-in-law's cousin. So uh, that's a pivotal detail. He wants that one. You know? <laughs> I'm telling stories like Billy does. More details than you need. Um, yeah. Now Dean's ashamed instead of No, just um, No, so uh, Luke's just chopping it up with this guy um, who's uh, laying some tile with him. And uh, Luke starts asking him, like, man, what, what do you believe? You know, and so he's just, they're talking about what do they believe. And, and Luke uh, shares the bridge diagram with the guy who's, Who's laying tile in his bathroom? And uh, and he says that a light flipped on for this guy when he shared the bridge diagram. It was like, it, I can't remember exactly what Luke said, but it's like, it's something he'd never heard before. And it was really attractive to him. So Luke said, and I love this, he said, so he let it sit for a while. And he followed up with him uh, like a few days later and, uh, and got talking again and asked him to do a Bible study. Luke is still doing a Bible study with this guy who's laying tile in his room. Like, like they're doing it. They're living the life of the laborer, and it's not crazy stuff, right? They're just living sacrificially, and they're living with an intention to meet other people. Morgan has a really, I mean, it's awesome. So she was uh, a part of this mentoring program uh, where these inner city kids in um, in uh, Charlotte, uh, grades K through eight, would come after school, and they'd, they'd stay there and do uh, homework. And I think it was something the church was putting on. So Morgan was leading this program, and she's like, man, I want to be able to share the gospel with these kids as well. And she said, how could I share the gospel with them? Well, coming out of CO, she says, well, CO has a bunch of diagrams. And so she said, I just took the stuff that I learned from CO, and I thought, how could I make this so that this kid at this age would understand it? And so her and these other teachers are sharing the gospel with these kids, and over time, Five different kids come back, you know, the next day after their after-school program and say, hey, I, I believe in Jesus. I want to follow him. And, uh, and, you know, she's like, well, okay, let's talk about what that means, you know. And uh, But no, really, these kids come to save in faith and go and get baptized. Um, and, uh, uh, man, I love that. Whoa, no, sorry about that. Um, she's doing it. And she's thinking, you know, not just the people around me, but even the kids that I'm connected with. I mean, how, can, how can I share the gospel? How can I think about how does the gospel apply to them? And, uh, I mean, they really are just doing it. And, and, I, and I asked them, following up some of these stories, I said, what have been some of the unique joys and delights of sharing the gospel, of living the life of the laborer? And, and, and I, you can kind of break it down into two things. There's vertical delights and joys, and there's horizontal Delights and joys of giving to Lucas life of the laborer. Uh, something that Luke mentioned is seeing God answer prayer, right? Like, God is sovereign over all things. In everything we pray for, God is a sovereign hand in acting in. Like, recently I was just, uh, me and my wife were looking for a house to buy. And uh, we were like, man, Mark's crazy. God, can you give us a good house? And we found the house that was just right for us, and we bought it. But, but to be clear, people all over are buying houses all the time. It's an, it's an ordinary thing to buy a house. But it's uniquely God working in that. 
But when you live the life of a laborer, you get to see God do extraordinary things. You get to see him call people from death to life. You get to see people repent of sins that have been like consuming their life, their whole life, and turn into a different way. You get to see families change. You get to see chains uh, of, of sin broken and, and new stories started. You get to see extraordinary things. And what that does is when you see God actively answering prayer in ways that you know couldn't, aren't just ordinary things, man, it speaks back into the rest of stuff. So that when you're looking for a house and you're praying, you can go, that really is the sovereign Lord's action. Because I know he really does answer prayers. I can see it in, in the people around me. Morgan mentioned the idea of, um, man, a delight that she experiences is experiencing God with people. Like when she gets to, to, to share the gospel, like she gets to see people experience God and she gets to experience God now and forever. Like the joy of knowing that, that this person will in eternity enjoy the delight of the Lord with me. Like that's a powerful thing. And the last thing Luke just mentioned, the joy of service. Like it is a wonderful thing to be obedient to the Lord. Recently, I've been thinking about this of like, um, to have a clear conscience, to know that my life is pleasing to the Lord. All of our lives are full of sin, but to know, Lord, I'm, I am stepping out in faith in the ways that you've called me to step out. That's a joyful thing. Like, God has called us to that and we get to answer. That's a joy. So there's these vertical delights and joys, but there's horizontal joys and delights of living labor as well. Morgan mentioned just getting to see the joy in other people's eyes. Right? Like, uh, Luke mentioned to see hopeless people find hope. It's just a beautiful thing. Like you get to see in their story people's lives really change. And you get to experience that with them. It's such a joy. And Luke mentioned as well, teaching someone who is able to teach others and seeing that play out from there is so cool. Right? Like how many of our lives just feel like we're just, you know, they're just this small little circle around me. But to be able to leave a legacy to help somebody who helps somebody else and to, to see that continue to play out past you, our hearts are made for that kind of thing. That is, that is a sweet thing to be a part of. So in this, I, my, my hope is that you see, like, uh, there's so much more to this than just obeying the command to follow God and to share your faith. But, like, it is my sincere delight for you and for myself. I want that life. Like, I want those kinds of joys. But the reality is there's a lot of difficult things about living the life of the labor. Uh, John 10, 10, A. I can may have life and have it abundantly as B, but the preface for it is that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That we have a real adversary in this life, and that sin comes in, Satan comes in, and temptation, and, and steals and kills and destroys and prevents. There's just so many difficulties and barriers to living to the way that God has called us to live, right? And, and there's a few, I think, difficulties that really stand out. And this is really matters for us because if you're thinking, how do I grow as an evangelist? How do I learn how to do this? Remember what I said, it's much more than learning some good phrases to tell people. It's much, much more about changing your, your heart so that you will press into those difficulties. Um, but so you gotta understand them. Uh, I think one uh, of the major difficulties in sharing our faith is the difficulty of selfish living. 
the barrier to us in sharing the gospel. So many of us, when we think about, man, like, here's why I don't share my faith, we think because right here in a conversation, it would be hard to, to, to strike up, to go there. But I tell you what, the main reason that I share my faith less than I'd like is because I just live my life in such a way where I'd never have an opportunity to show it to anybody else. Does that make sense? So when I asked Luke and Morgan, like, what are some difficulties for you in living this life? Man, they said, like, they're busy, right? Like, time is a huge barrier. Luke talked about how, you know, he's married and uh, works a full-time job, and when he gets home on weeknights, he's just got a few hours of his own time before he kind of starts it all over again. And then the weekend comes, right? And you just worked a full-time job all week, and don't you deserve some time off and some time to yourself over the weekend, right? But that kind of, like, where are you supposed to do evangelism in the midst of all that? Where are you supposed to live the life of a laborer and all that? And that's a really big difficulty. It's like, man, like, uh, when I just lived my life for my own comfort, just want to do some comfortable things because my life is hard, it's never really going to happen because I would share my faith. Um, so selfish living. And um, uh, uh, the other big difficulty, I think, is the difficulty of uncomfortable relationships, right? Which is similar, but, like, it's uncomfortable to share your faith. If, if any of us probably, like, if I pulled any of us in the room, it's like, how, what are you most afraid of in sharing your faith? It would be uncomfortable relationships, right? Yeah. Um, this is the first, when I asked Luke what the difficulties were, the first thing that came out of his mouth is he said, I'm an introvert with social anxiety. Which might surprise you is the stories that I've been telling you. Like, oh, they probably are just like dynamic people who just love spending time with other people. Like, no, Luke is an introvert with social anxiety, right? He said that the uncomfortability of going out there and like doing small talk with people and like, what are they going to think of me? Like, that is a very hard thing. Morgan talked about that. Like, Man, how, who do I share with? She said, maybe the people in my work, right? She says, I'm already terrified of what the people at my work think about me, right? Like, she says, I'm busy trying to, like, maintain this self-image for the people at work so that they would think positively of me. She says, now the idea of I'm going to come in here and share a controversial message of the cross with people, she's like, man, that is, like, where do you get the resources to be able to enter into relationships like that? And I think the last one is just the difficulty of improper priorities. They mentioned after they graduated that for a while they didn't really live in, in like really directly like laboring kind of a way until they got plugged in with their local church. Um, it wasn't until they were a part of a community that was like all together holding each other accountable to live in that kind of missional way um, that they were kind of thinking to go do that. And when we live kind of like in a like self, self-contained self life that's not connected in community, man, like when we don't have the priority for that, it's so easy to just live for ourselves. Morgan talked about the idea of um, when she's not in the Word, like she's not being driven by the Word outward to live in a, in a different kind of way. When you're not soaking in Christ's Word and have a priority for that, then the love of Christ doesn't break through and make you a loving person, right? You just kind of retreat in love. Um, she, she mentioned this really quick thing. She said, the Bible isn't about me. She said, when I finally saw that the Bible isn't about me, it was for me, but it's not about me. She said, man, like, that turns you outward to these other people. I thought that was so sweet. 
There's so many difficulties. The difficulty of selfish living, uncomfortable relationships, improper priorities. Why would you go do it? Why would you press into all these difficulties? Well, just like we were talking about before, you need a reason, right? And here's why I think we do it. Because of glory, grace, and good. The glory of God, the grace of Jesus, and the good of others presses us into these difficulties to actually live out this life of believer. Talking about the glory of God, like, when you know Jesus has died so that other people will be reconciled to the Lord, you say, everything in my life is about Jesus giving glory to that. Like, he alone deserves the praise and the honor and the glory of my life and the life of everyone I know. My life is built around the idea of I want to bend my knee to the gracious lordship, to the gracious rule of Jesus. And if that's the best thing for me, I want everyone everywhere to bend the knee to the glory of Jesus. When I asked Morgan in, in uh, Luke about these things, Morgan mentioned just the hugeness of God. What presses her through the difficulties is she says, I want to know and see and be a part of that glory of God, that he's working not just in my life, but he's working all over the world. Like, it's not just about me. It's about everyone coming under submission to the glory of God. And Luke talked about just obeying the command. When I said, like, I don't want you to just go out and obey the call to uh, evangelism, I don't just want you to go obey the call to uh, evangelism. But we respond to the Lord in his glory and his nature by listening and obeying to him. Uh, obeying him. Because we love Christ, we obey him. Um, and, and Morgan said one of the most uh, helpful things for them to grow in a life is that Luke has made it a mission, uh, or has made a culture in their marriage to live missionally. She said, despite the difficulties. Why? Because it's worth it. Because Christ is worthy. And then the grace of Christ. The glory of God, but also the grace of Christ. Um, Morgan just talked about to, to see the fruit of the gospel in people's lives. Like all the joys that we've talked about before, all these delights, are the grace of Christ that we wouldn't even get to partake in. And Christ gives us so much grace in the pursuit of these things. If you're like, I don't know how to do this because I'm afraid of failing, that's okay. There's grace upon grace upon grace for you. Like, God is not um, surprised that the dead people he's called to life struggle with this idea of selfless living, right? There's grace for you in that. He wants to keep calling you to more. Um, and uh, Luke mentioned just the idea of being able to, to experience God uh, in ways we couldn't otherwise. We only get to do that as we share the gospel with other people. What a beautiful thing. And the last thing is just... Um, the good of others, right? Um, like, one thing Luke says is the need. Why does he press into the difficulties? Because there's such a need. They're harassed and helpless people. The people you know, your family members even, when you see that, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and you see that playing out in people's lives, it presses you out of yourself and into uh, pursuing people with the gospel. So my hope in this evangelism training and in all the ones to come is, is what this summer hopefully will look like for you is that you get tastes of that joy and that delight 
that we talked about before. I would love someday for you to be interviewed and you to have reasons and joys of getting to live a life of labor just like me. That you would be, that gratitude would come out of your heart for getting the privilege of living this beautiful life. Um, that you would have tastes of that joy even now. But then to also break down some of these difficulties. From here and in future weeks, we're going to do different trainings on how to share the gospel, different ways of thinking about it. Like, how do we do this? Because the reality is, it's a scary thing. We need help to kind of break through that barrier of doing it. And then lastly, to just magnify the glory uh, and grace of God and the good of other people. Um, let me pray, and then we are going to uh, start into a workshop. Dear God, um, God, thank you just for Luke and Morgan's life. Um, God, it is a sweet thing to know that wherever there are Christians, there are people who are living a life of labor in their harvest. Uh, people who are calling others um, to follow you. People who are taking the, the gospel of peace and grace and hope and taking it to a people who need those things so badly. And uh, God, we just pray that you'd be working through more, uh, Morgan Luke and uh, God, that you'd be working in this room um, to give uh, each of us a vision that you would catch us in, in the glory of what it could look like to live a life of labor. Uh, in your grace, for your glory, and for the good of others. God, send all these things that we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. Okay, um, so here's what we're going to do for the rest of our workshop. Um, I would like you to split, can you go to um, the, uh, yes, skip all the way ahead to the parents. Okay, great. So after this time, uh, we're going to do some reflection and prayer, and then we're going to go out on the beach and share our faith. I'm going to, we're going to back up, we're going to do some reflection and prayer before we do that. And before we go on the beach, don't worry, I'll give you some more details of what that's going to look like. But that those pairings, um, we've just gone ahead and paired you guys up um, because we want you to be able to see um, some people who have done this before. Uh, we've paired you up with a lot of the leaders and um, staff um, to go out on the beach and do this. Um, and uh, so that you can see some people who have done it before and, uh, and learn um, from Thank you for listening to this message from the 2022 Summer Training Project hosted by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church. Please feel free to share this message with others, but please don't charge, edit, or alter the content in any way without the written permission of Campus Outreach Minneapolis.